Gaysa Radio, where you are family, I'm Rian and I am talking to Kellen Buerta, the writer and social media guru at Iranti. Kellen, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, glad to be talking to you. Kellen, uh, Kellen, Transgender Day of Remembrance is happening like soon, soon. Yes, yes, on the 20th of November. How far do you think we've come with trans rights in South Africa? In South Africa, I think we've come incredibly far with trans rights, given that maybe less than a generation ago, under apartheid-era laws, much of the LGBT community was very heavily suppressed. Uh, today, trans people have the ability to legally change our name and our gender marker. We've got ever-increasing access to, to health care and increasing sensitivity from doctors, nurses, and other healthcare providers about what trans people need um, in terms of healthcare, but we've still got a very long way to go. So saying that we've come very far is not, I think, saying the same as things are where they should be. Uh, there's a lot of progress that we need to make because while trans people have really great protections in this country on paper, uh, it's often a different story in reality. I was going uh, to transgender people. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask. On paper, everything's everything looks like pretty, pretty beautiful. Mm. But when it comes to by the sounds of it, when it comes to the implementation of that rights, it doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah, two issues. There's um, implementation is not where it should be, and then the rights themselves um, are perhaps not where a lot of trans people want them to be. Uh, the need to have multiple letters from doctors to say that you have, you know, started to medically transition in order to get home affairs to take seriously your application for a gender market change. That is, the law requires you to get these very pathologizing, very medical permissions and essentially says you don't know yourself. Uh, uh, so that is something that many trans people still look to change. But compared to many other countries, what we do have in the law is very progressive. But then, like you said, uh, implementation of those laws is is also highly lacking. Uh, many trans people, particularly poorer black trans women living maybe more in rural areas and more isolated communities, they are often seen as, um, you know, uh, gay men, and, and they themselves might see themselves as gay men because they don't have the language to define themselves as anything else, um, and. Many trans people, poorer trans people, trans women, trans feminine people uh, face huge levels of discrimination and violence. Um, shaming and harassment is common in the workplace if they can get work in the first place, as well as in the public sphere, in clinics and hospitals. Uh, medical care itself is often unattainable because in the private sector, it, the high cost limits who can access hormone therapy or surgeries for those who want that, uh, whereas in the public sector, um, maybe high levels of, of, of ignorance on the part of medical professionals uh, means that many trans people are turned away. Home affairs as well is another place where, even though the law might be in our favor, ignorance on the part of home affairs officials or, or bigotry and hate on the part of home affairs officials means that it's not easy for us to update our documents either 
Um, Iranti, a few years ago, documented the case of a trans woman who had to go on a hunger strike to make Home Affairs update her documents. And until recently, the Department of Home Affairs took it upon themselves to divorce married couples without their knowledge or consent so, so that one could legally change their gender marker. So there's no... Now, if, it's, if, if they are in, in, seen in the eyes of the law as a straight couple and one of them transitions and changes their gender marker, in order to avoid having a same-sex couple now, Home Affairs would divorce them without their knowledge. And that, until very recently, was apparently legal. Um, but luckily, that has been changed as well. Then, by the sounds of it, there seems to be a lack of education and a lack of kind of awareness that goes hand in hand with this. Mm. No, that is true. Um, I think that is true on the part of civil servants who are there to, and, and that could be anything from, you know, home affairs or a licensing department official to a more conservative minister or two in the government to the police that patrol our streets. Sort of that lack of awareness um, means that those who are tasked with upholding our rights and protecting us um, are not always willing or able to do so. And then likewise, in a lot of communities, especially poorer communities, more marginalized, historically disadvantaged communities in rural areas where they might not have the same access to information that, that we do in the big city uh, with easy access to literature and, and internet and, and uh, voices from the global trans community, there is also in ignorance and there is also an increased risk of violence. You're talking about violence, um, and that's something we see quite regularly, unfortunately, or too, too many of those still happen in South Africa. Do you have a statistic available on transgender attacks in the country? Uh, specific statistics are very difficult to come by, unfortunately, uh, in South Africa and uh, more broadly in Africa as well. Um, it... it <sighs> There's an organization called uh, the Trans Murder Monitoring Project. And every year they, they update their database on how many trans people have been murdered in the preceding year. And it is a very important resource. It's a very vital resource um, because it lets us sort of different laws and legislation says in different countries. It lets us keep, keep track of these sort of things. But in the case of South Africa and the rest of the continent, it's not a very accurate tool. Um, and that is largely because we don't have the level of reporting that is needed. Iranti has, has, has a, quite a large number of hate trans people against lesbians, against uh, gay men. Um, and this year alone, in one province alone, the Northwest province, we have seen two murders of two trans women. Uh, the names were Kahiso Maema and Gugu Modise. That's shocking. And that, that's one province. That's one province in one year. Um, and in January and end of December last year, there was another spike uh, of, of attacks against various trans people and a lot of uh, lesbians in more rural communities. For various reasons, numbers, 
hard numbers about what the national statistics say are hard to come by. Uh, so the Transmurder Monitoring Project says since 2008, six trans people have been murdered in South Africa. And we know for a fact, just from Iranti's own records, that it has been more than that since 2008. Um, on average, we see attacks, uh, either violence or outright murder of trans women in South Africa likely exceeds four or five per year. Um, but hard statistics are hard to come by because for one, um, victims might not want to report to the police or report to the government or to other organizations because often it is places like the police that perpetrate violence. And we see this as well in cisgender women who are the victims of gender-based violence. We see this in gay men who might uh, also be, be targeted. Going to the police who are themselves often known to be transphobic and homophobic and sexist and patriarchal People people are not always comfortable doing that. And then as well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a lot of trans women in this country don't have the language to articulate or understand themselves as different from being gay. And nor do their communities and nor do the police who might record uh, these incidents. So we know there's a wide range of, uh, a, a wide number of attacks against LGBTI people. But how many of those specifically are trans women is, is, is difficult to identify. Likewise, lesbians um, or other trans men might be seen as lesbian by the communities and they might even identify as lesbian themselves, but wouldn't otherwise uh, if they had the, the language to articulate that in a different way, but they would get attacked and be listed as lesbian in, in the statistics. So the broad overlap in the identities and that means that finding specific statistics uh, can be difficult. So in the light of all of this, um, you, uh, Transgender and Intersex Africa is organizing a Transgender Day of Remembrance event tomorrow. Can you tell me more about that event? Yeah, we don't just want to mourn the loved ones that we've lost. I think every trans person, every activist, every LGBT person um, has lost because of homophobia, transphobia, gender-based violence. And it's important to step back and remember them and, and, and honor those we've lost. But we also want to celebrate life and everything that we've accomplished because we have come far. So we want to use Trans Day of Remembrance on the 20th of November to show our resilience um, and show that you know we won't be erased no matter how much some people may try. So we will be hosting the event, um, TIA uh, and Iranti, uh, at 87 Decorta Street, uh, which is in Bramfontein. Uh, that's where our offices are located. And we're going to use that to not only look back at, you know, everyone we've lost, everything we've struggled with in the past, but look forward to the future. As for what is actually going to happen on the day, uh, we're hoping that it will be semi-informal. We want people to have a space to come together, to speak with one another, to connect with each other in the community, and to tell their stories, to share knowledge, and just to be there to support one another. Uh, we'll have poetry sessions throughout the day and some music by one of Iranti's favorite queer artists, Umlilo. Several um, you know, opportunities for, for people to talk 
who've come from a wide range of backgrounds. We have, um, you know, this platform as Iranti to, to let people's voices be heard. And that's what we want on the day. So it's free to enter. Uh, everyone is welcome to come and mingle, not just trans people, but friends, family, allies, anyone who is willing to come and support us in what is ostensibly a, a day of mourning is more than welcome to join, to to mingle, to eat some snacks and to listen to some beautiful music and poetry. Internationally, historically wise, how did Trans Day of Remembrance come about? When was it started and what was the what's the idea behind it? So Trans Day of Remembrance started in 1999 in the United States. The previous year in 1998, a black trans woman in Massachusetts in the United States by the name of Rita Hester was murdered. Um, so then the following year in 1998, there was a small commemoration for her. And over the years, that spread uh, to commemorate the passing of Rita and other trans women who were also taken in the years that followed. So it spread throughout the United States, it spread throughout the Americas, to Europe and across the world, and has grown into one of the most important days um, for the trans community uh, of the year. So my next question that I have is, you know, we, we sort of always kind of look at when we talk about trans rights, what the trans community can do to help the trans community. But I think it's also time that we start looking at what can allies do? What can and what what should an ally do to get involved and help create awareness? I think there's a lot that transgender allies can do to smaller things rather than like the big grand gestures that mean the most. From personal experience, I know a lot of people who are very vocal as allies who, when the going gets tough, they they disappear, they fade away. So being there for your trans friends, family, community, but like earnestly being there and showing up for them, maybe not just in the gender-related things, but if they're struggling with something else, you know, being trans makes it that much harder if you are depressed, if you struggle with anxiety if you are looking for a job all of these things and even if it might not inherently be like that so just be there to support your trans friends family and community so you've got a trans person in your life that you are an ally to you know just continue to love and support them them when they talk about their experiences and their fears and their anxieties so don't try and decide for them who they are or who they you know ought to be don't try and decide for them what they should be feeling or how they should deal with something, just listen to them and believe them and be there for them. I think that's what a lot of trans people want more than, you know, any great hero to come and save them. And if you're in a space where, you know, there's no trans person around, but the people around you are saying, you know, very offensive things or making uh, transphobic jokes, stand up to them. The fact that there's no trans person there to see you doesn't mean that what they're saying is, is not offensive or hurtful. And so this is your chance to, to really stand up and say that that kind of language is, is not acceptable. So, you know, sh tell them about the violence, tell them that, you know, it's, it's, it is the same thing with um, people making racist jokes or sexist jokes. Even if the person you might want to defend is not there, um, it doesn't mean that you can hold your tongue 
and let the people around you inadvertently think that you agree with those kinds of statements. Uh, and then, and then, sort of, just lastly, I think an important an important thing that a lot of allies can do is trans people don't often get the chance, I think, to to tell our stories, to advocate for our own rights, um, and that is changing. Iranti is a media advocacy organization. Our goal is to tell LGBT stories for and by LGBT people. And sometimes cisgender people, straight people, well-meaning allies will talk over us because they are the ally and they are there to stand up for us. But sometimes it, we appreciate giving us the space to tell our own stories when the chance arises, giving us the space to speak for ourselves. And I think that is a good ally. That is someone who knows how to lift up the community that they want to support rather than speak for the community that they want to support. So I, I basically go with what you just said. I think from my side, and I could be wrong, could summarize it up in four words. Be a true friend. Be a true friend, yes. That's what it's all about. Mm. Be a true friend. Don't don't try and be an ally, you know, L-I-T-M, you know. Be, just be good, I think. Be a friend. Should any transgender person listening at the moment find themselves at risk of being attacked or being harmed or anything like that, where do they reach out to? So there are many places that trans people can go and reach out to if they find themselves at risk, but it depends on exactly what they're dealing with. Um, is it a more generalized uh, thing or is it, you know, they're in harm's way right this second and they urgently need help? So, so it, does, it does differ depending on the situation. Ideally, various uh, shelters, crisis counseling centers, psych psychological centers, centers, clinics, and the police are there to help anyone in need, including trans people. So that should always be an option, but often places like the police, clinics, uh, homeless shelters are a source of violence for trans people and a source of discrimination for trans people. When the places that are supposed to help you are sometimes the very ones that are putting you in danger, then sometimes it can feel a little bit hopeless. You don't know where to go. Um, the South African law protects trans people and for that reason, places like the Human Rights Commission and South Africa's many equality courts, which are located all across the country, uh, can help. But again, this is maybe something that takes time. Uh, they work on thousands of cases from thousands of different people in thousands of different contexts all year. And so that can also feel a bit hopeless when you're in the system. But those are places where you can go and have your rights defended as per the South African constitution. And then finally, what I believe to be the best option is your community. You know, if your family accepts you or if your friends accept you and support you, go to them, contact them, ask for support from them and help from them. If you can, reach out to other LGBT people in your area because you're stronger together. And this is why organizations are so important. There are many organizations around the country. Iranti is only one of them that are also here to help. So if you can reach out to Iranti or in Cape Town to Gender Dynamics, 
organizations like Gay Umbrella in the Northwest Province and countless others, they can potentially help you or steer you in the right direction on how to get the assistance that you need. So if you're in Gauteng, you're always more than welcome to reach out to Iranti. We are primarily a media advocacy organization, but we always do everything we can to help out as much as possible uh, on the ground uh, whenever someone in need comes through to us. So my email is kellen at iranti.org.za. That's K-E-L-L-Y-N at iranti.org.za. Uh, and our office number is 011-339-1476. We're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So if someone needs to contact us, even if they're in another province, then we can maybe try and point them towards someone in that area who can who can help them. Kellen, so then just in conclusion to all of this, if anybody wants more information about tomorrow night's event, they can also contact you on the same details? Yes, the same details, so K-E-L-L-Y-N at iranti.org.za or 011-339-1476, as well as Facebook and Instagram, so you can, you know, uh, contact me, contact our office for more information about uh, our Trans Day Remembrance event. It's at our offices. It starts at, uh, at, so it starts at 6.30, so it's a 6 for 6.30 event, and it'll go on to about 8.30 here in our offices at 87 Decorta Street, Bramfontein. So that's at South Point Corner. Great. Kellen, thank you so much for your time. You're more than welcome. Gaysa Radio, with your family, I'm Rion, and it was Kellen Bwitter from Iranti speaking to us about a trance Day of Remembrance happening in Bramfontein tomorrow.